you are well. I am blessed, um, highly favored. I think I sound okay. I had some more dental work done today, but I don't feel um, as worked over as I did the last time I had dental work done. (laughs) Thank the Lord. Um, The actual experience was a bit traumatizing, but in the aftermath, I see to have recovered uh, well enough to to talk. I I don't think that I sound muffled at all. If I do, please understand. And uh, and what's the word I'm looking for? Um, applaud my efforts. <laughs> I really, really, really wanted to be on the air um, with you all tonight. It's been a uh, few weeks uh, since I've been live. And I just hate that. I hate that. But I also accept that um, this is not a commercial thing. Um, I'm on the air when I truly have something to say, when something is truly on my heart. And it's all a part of uh, what I'm doing off the air as well as on the air is all part of uh, my calling and the work that God has given uh, Chris and I to do. So just know that when I'm not live, I am still about my father's business um, or taking care of a family matter. And those are all things that the word of God um, um, instructs us to do. So anyway, I'm with you now and Chris is with us um, behind the scenes. I'm going to say hey to him and ask him to say hello to y'all before I get downright busy. <laughs> with tonight's topic. So, honey, he had someone, um, husband of mine, are you there? Hello, hello, hello. Praise the Lord, and I am here. All right, now. I feel my help. I feel my strength. <laughs> I feel I'm my strength. I'm excited about, about hearing, hearing what the Lord has given you, and I'm here. If I have some two sets, I'll put it in in the bucket. All right, now that's that sounds real good. That sounds real good. Um, I sometimes forget to mention that I am sipping my tea, 
one of my favorites. I have some rooibos again tonight. Uh, the vanilla, the vanilla flavored rooibos, and that just seems to be such a comforting um, blend for me. It's it seems like I'm having sweets when I am trying to limit my um, sweets, my sweets as far as bad sweets, you know. So I, I just whip that up, um, I steep it a little bit, put some stevia in there, and then I feel like I'm actually having something sweet. <laughs> so I love it. <laughs> All right then. So what are we going to do tonight? Um, I want to recap um, our holiday, um, our holiday week. As you may know, last weekend and the week was uh, Passover week and the Resurrection Sunday, I'm sorry, Resurrection Day celebration landed, let's see, what day was that? On the 21st, I believe. I think, I think that ended up being the 21st. I don't remember the exact date that it was, but that's what this past week was. And um, Chris and I were thankful. We were blessed because our family came in town. My daughter, my grandbaby uh, made the trip and um, we had Chris's mother over and we um, we started preparing a, a before, before Sunday uh, with grocery shopping and house cleaning and getting the rooms ready and all that stuff. And, and that's hard work, you know, especially when we're both working. Chris is working full-time. I'm working part-time. Um, I'm back in nursing again. And so um, that's hard work, but it was worth it. It was worth the extra effort. And um, we we really enjoyed the grandbaby and we we got to see some sights. Um, we we had told our daughter that uh, we were going to take her to the Smithsonian Museum and I think it was the natural, I think it was called the Natural History Museum because the grandbaby is into dinosaurs right now. <laughs> She's been hearing about dinosaurs from other sources and um, curious about dinosaurs. So we took her to the museum and she just got a kick out of that. And so that was fun. But in um, honor of the actual holiday, we had our feast. We made, uh, Chris made a, a wonderful lamb. Uh, uh, was that a leg of lamb, honey? It wasn't called a, a roast. It was called a leg of lamb, I think. Or do you remember? Boneless, boneless leg of lamb. There you go. Okay. Boneless leg of lamb. We... Um, had some roasted potatoes. We made some, you know, sides to go with that, of course, some rolls, some um, cranberry sauce, and oh, what was the veggie? My mind is, I must be a little bit under under the effects of today because I can't remember what the veggie was, but it was good. <laughs> it was good. Um, incorporated communion, which in its original form was called Passover. Um, communion came from the institution of the Passover in the Old Testament. So we incorporated that into our meal. 
And then for uh, two nights in a row, we watched the classic Ten Commandments movie, the one from back in the day. Now, I know it's not all um, it's not all, all exactly according to the biblical account. Um, I believe it even tells you when you watch it that it's taken from the account of the Prince of Egypt. But um, in the spirit of it, it's talking about the how God delivered the children of Israel out of bondage. And that's 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 what led to Passover. Okay, that's what led to the institution of God establishing the Passover as a feast. So that was how we spent our holidays. And um, as I was preparing for the holidays, I actually began to notice, you know, while I was out and about and even on uh, TV and on social media and just from, you know, talking to different ones, how people were, you know, talking about Easter and and equating that to a celebration of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, you know, how, how common it is, you know, and for some reason, it just bothered me more this year than it usually does. I've always noticed it since I became aware of the difference between Passover and, and celebrating the resurrection of Christ and celebrating Easter. Um, I've always noticed it, but this year it just seemed like it really bothered me more. And it almost, um, it almost grieved me. And I talked to my husband a little bit about it. I talked to my daughter a little bit about it, but then I kind of, you know, let it go. And so when I was preparing for tonight, I said, Lord, I really want to do something on the air. I don't want to just, you know, um, go another week without um, having something to share. And um, that, that just kind of, that situation just kind of dropped back into my spirit. I began to remember how I felt during the holiday season. And I remember talking to the Lord about it even and asking him, Lord, you know, why do so many believers, those that profess to know you and love you, why are they still celebrating Easter? Um, I know that I grew up celebrating Easter. I know that our church, Church of God in Christ even, uh, taught us and we celebrated Easter and we celebrated it as a day to recognize Christ's um, death, burial, and resurrection. But as I got older, and actually, I would say, um, what, in the past 10 years, because it wasn't until I moved out this way to the East Coast, and that, that had to be somewhere around 2009, I believe, that the Lord really began to open my eyes about Easter. And when I was preparing uh, some outlines and, and some curriculum for our academy, our our word study and our academy that that we offer, um, several topics just became very passionate to me. And this is one of them, Passover. I did a study about Passover and I did a study about Easter. And I was surprised to learn 
that the two have nothing to do with each other. They have nothing to do with each other. And so I was like, from that point on, I vowed that I would not celebrate Easter anymore. Now, interestingly, I had stopped even years ago when my daughter was still a girl. I actually had already started to feel a little bit concerned about the Easter bunnies and the baskets and the eggs, you know, and the colored eggs, because I used to do all, all of that. Okay. And uh, I'll go to break. So I'll tell you more, more when I come back. Has the tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. Equipping the Saints Ministries. Our mission is to equip and mature the people God calls to do the things they are called to do with confidence and boldness, to create soldiers for the army of the Lord, and to impact our communities. We are home-based in Waldorf, Maryland. If you would like more information, you may email us at etsministriesinc at gmail.com or write to us at ETS Post Office Box 72, Waldorf, Maryland, 20602. If you are not local, you may participate via conference calls and we can make information available to you by email. E-T-S The Story of Me is a captivating and inspiring account of a woman able to overcome incest, physical abuse, abandonment, and neglect to find a second chance at happiness. It is a story for those who have been rejected, who have dreamt and fallen short, who have survived traumas such as molestation, rape, or incest. The story of me is very inspirational for those who may find themselves in Jones's story. You may purchase your copy of The Story of Me online at authorhouse.com, this show's host page, amazon.com, or any of the major bookstores. The Story of Me. I used to be. I'm free on Toginet.com. The show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. All right, I'm back, and we are talking about, I didn't even say what the topic is going to be tonight, did I? I just started talking. <laughs> so I'm going to keep on talking, and I'm going to see if you can 
figure it out as I talk because I did post it on the radio show page. So I was saying how um, when my daughter was a girl, I used to do all of the um, holidays, you know, the, the secular holidays, as well as the so-called Christian holidays. And I would celebrate Halloween and I would make costumes for her. I would decorate for Halloween. We would, um, you know, have a little Halloween get together for her friends um, for quote unquote Easter, which was supposed to be the celebration of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. We would color the Easter eggs and hide them and she would look for them and I would buy her an Easter basket. And um, I did begin to realize as I grew in my knowledge of the, the, the Lord's word, um, that those things were not actually um, honoring Christ or, or God or the Christian life in any way. So I did continue to celebrate Easter, but I stopped buying the baskets and doing the Easter bunnies and eggs and stuff like that. And I started trying to um, find alternative things to to do for my daughter and give her instead. And she really, she let me know that she understood what I was doing. But she told me that for a long time, she really, really was sad about not getting her basket anymore. <laughs> and maybe that'll actually strengthen my point as I continue to talk. Because now... Many, many, many years later, daughter is 35 now. Um, many, many years later, the Lord really began to deepen my understanding about those things. And I think that that's what happens when you hunger for him. When you hunger for him, he says that those that hunger for him will be filled. When you hunger for him and when you want to please him, when you desire to please him, you can't help but draw closer to him. And you can't help but begin to um, love the things that he loves and shake off the things, you know, take off the things that don't line up with that. You know what I'm saying? And so that's what happened for me. That's what happened for me. Um, Somewhere around 2009, I began to prepare our curriculum and I did some studies on the Passover and I did some studies on Easter. Um, I want to review some of that with you tonight. Um, but before I do, I will give you the answer that the Lord gave. So many celebrating these holidays. In particular, I was asking him about Easter this, this time. Um, and he reminded me that not too long before then, it could have been maybe about two months or so, um, the Lord had told me during a time of prayer and, and seeking him that his people, his people, not talking about the world, not talking about those who are not saved, those who don't profess Christ or profess to know him. He said, his people are too low. He said, 
my people are too low. And that was in relationship to something else that was going on at the time, which I cannot recall at the moment. But I, I remembered that and I was like, okay, okay. And then I also remember how the scriptures tell us in the Old Testament, and I forget the exact passage where it's located, but where, where God says that his people perish for a lack of knowledge. So he was impressing me two things, that this is because his people are still too low spiritually, okay? They are still too engrossed in and embedded in the things of the world, carnal things, and they're not um, growing in him. They haven't matured. They have not gotten to the place where they um, are are spiritually minded. They're still low. That's what is meant by too low. See, we can we can reach higher heights in Christ. We can have deeper depths in Christ. Um, we can um, walk in a higher plane, if you will, on a higher level of understanding, of spiritual maturity, um, and we're supposed to grow. We're supposed to grow as babes in Christ. We we may we will we, we will not know all of these things. It takes time to learn the word and then not only learn it by head knowledge but have it tested so that it actually germinates, so that it actually develops and grows within you and transforms you. So it takes time for some of those things to happen, but we're talking a a span of more than, uh, what, 25 years? Like, like, this is what I was thinking. Before the internet, it was still available. The information was still available. But since the internet, things are certainly more accessible. I mean, my goodness, you don't have to go to the library. You don't have to, um, you know, go to, to what other places did we go for information back then? I'm trying to even think. <laughs> you just, you don't have to go far. I mean, my, it's at the click of your fingers. You can type in Easter, which is what I did, and or the origins of Easter. And you can study about it. So that says to me that people are not even curious. God's people are not even curious about why we why we do some of the things. Thank you, honey. Thank you. There's my two cents, but my two cents, man. Say it again. <laughs> Encyclopedia. Okay. You want to say anything else about that? <laughs> that was the first internet. Dictionary and encyclopedia, so that's it. Okay. Well, you're right. I couldn't think. I was having a block there. But, yeah, you don't even have to go far now, okay? So with that being recap here, um, I start with Passover because Passover was instituted in preparation for the coming of Messiah, Jesus Christ. 
It was instituted hundreds of years before the coming of Christ, but it was intended to prepare God's people for the coming of Christ. Okay, and I found this wonderful article um, by Jonathan Byrne, Burnus. He's a messianic believer. So in other words, he's a Jew that believes in Jesus Christ. And he has a, a, a ministry that um, I used to watch more than I watch now. I just don't have that much time to watch a lot of TV. But um, this was his take on it. Other than, and it, of course it's taken from scripture, but this is the Lord said to Moses and Aaron in Egypt, this month is to be for you the first month, the first month of your year. Tell the whole community of Israel that on the 10th day of this month, each man is to take a lamb for his family, one for each household. The animals you choose must be year-old males without defect. Take care of them until the 14th day of the month when all the people of the community of Israel must slaughter them at twilight. Then they are to take some of the blood and put it on the sides and tops of the door frames of the houses where they eat the lambs. And when I, I see the blood, I will pass over you. Exodus 12, 1 through 3, 5 through 7, and 13. Well, during the Passover season, the Jews are still actually celebrating this instruction and this night, the night that this instruction was given to Moses and the events that took place that caused the instructions because they as a nation as a whole as a people still don't believe that Messiah has come okay and so what happened um, I'm running out of time here but I'm gonna read as much as I can until until the break it comes. <laughs> it says here, Passover is a holiday rich with revelation and insight into the char character and nature of the God of Israel. It clearly illustrates that he not only can save and redeem people, but does save and redeem people. It is a momentous event for all mankind. Biblically speaking, it is by far the most significant holiday of the year, for it is the Passover that marks the beginning of God's redemptive plan for mankind. Okay. I feel that in my spirit. I feel the meaning of this. And I'm going to tell you more about that when I come back. And I pray that you will feel what I feel. Has a tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. 
a black nurse. This narrative is about the struggles of being a black woman and a black professional in a society bound with racial and gender bias. She has hopes, dreams, needs, a purpose, and aspirations, but faces constant opposition to fulfilling these basic human requirements. Like so many people of color before her, she achieves some measure of success, but her success is minor compared to what she must do to achieve it. It's time for a change. Get your copy today from AuthorHouse.com, this show's host page, or any major book retailer like Amazon.com. A black nurse. <laughs> I used to be. I'm free on Toginet.com. The show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. All right. This is Minister Diane, and I am talking to you about several things, one being the fact that God's people are too low, okay? And I am truly pleading and hoping that what I share tonight will inspire some of you to go higher in the Lord, to go deeper in your relationship with him, and to begin to shake off and take off those things that interfere with your um, knowledge of him and contradict the fact that you say that you love him. I asked a question on Twitter as I was preparing for this show, and I said, if I say that I love my husband, my wonderful Chris that I always talk about, if I say that I love him and if I truly love him, would I go out and make love to another man? That is basically what believers are doing. They're saying we're Christians and we love Jesus, but we're committing adultery by honoring pagan observances, pagan holidays. Passover was preparation for the death burial and resurrection of Christ. I'm going to go back to that. That death, burial, and resurrection has nothing to do with Easter. I'm going to talk more about that. Easter has to do with the goddess of fertility, one of the goddesses of fertility. The name Easter comes from um, Astroth is one of the names. Estrar. I'm not even sure if I'm saying that correctly, and several other names, Isis, they're all in the same family, and their followers and worshipers actually celebrated fertility. That's why the eggs 
and the bunnies are part of the rituals. I got ahead of myself. So let me go back. Let me back up and hope you feel what I'm feeling. Most remember how Moses asked Pharaoh to free the Israelites who had become slaves in Egypt. When Pharaoh refused to listen, God sent multiple plagues, including infestation of frogs, swarms of locusts, blood, hail, darkness, and finally, the death of the firstborn Egyptian boys. Before Pharaoh would soften his heart and let God's people go and let them worship him because see, their petition to Pharaoh was to be let go so that they could worship their God. Because see, in Egypt, they were surrounded by pagan worship. They were surrounded by, you know, these false gods, Ra, the sun god, you name it. I mean, the Egyptians had multiple gods, okay? Um, they believed in um, uh, life after death as far as when they would die, they would go into the, you know, into the, the another world and things that were contrary to the word of God, okay? So they were idol worshipers, all right? And part of Moses' petition to Pharaoh was that God said for him to let his people go so that they could be free to serve the true and living God. Feel what I'm saying, okay? It wasn't just to deliver them from bondage, the bondage of slavery, so that they can just do their own thing, so they could just continue to be like the world. See, he had carved Israel out of other nations. He created Israel to be a nation that would serve him so that he could be glorified in their service, so that the rest of the world would know that there was a true God, would know that there was a holy God, that there was a righteous God through their lifestyle, through the things that he would do for them and how he would bless them, okay? But Pharaoh didn't listen, so God had to deliver them with a strong hand. He had to deliver them with a mighty hand. And in doing so, the night before they left Egypt, God gave the instructions that I read to you about the lamb and putting the blood of the lamb over the door so that when the death angel came that was going to sweep through that land and take the lives of anyone who had not put the blood over their door, who had a firstborn son. It was intended for the Egyptians, but it could impact the Israelites too if they did not obey. If they didn't follow the instructions, it was going to impact them too. So they had to institute what became the Passover. I told them to make unleavened bread, because they didn't have time for it to rise 
like usual, that it had to be unleavened bread. They were supposed to eat bitter herbs with the meal because it was to remind them of the bitterness and the hardship that their people had suffered for hundreds of years under the hands of the pharaohs. They were supposed to kill the lamb, an unblemished lamb, a lamb that had no disease, had no broken bones, had no issues. And they were supposed to take its blood and put it over the doorpost of their house so that the death angel passed by them. How does this relate to Christ's death, burial, and resurrection? Don't you see the resemblance? Jesus was the Lamb of God who was slain for the sins of the world, was slain for all of us. And in him being willing to be slain, he opened up the opportunity not only for the children of Israel to be saved, to be spared from the consequences of sin, which is death. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. So he opened the way and paved the way so that anybody, not just the Israelites, could be saved. And through the shedding of his, through the dying on the cross, we can apply that blood to our hearts. He covers us with the blood symbolically. When we accept him as Lord and Savior, he recognizes his blood. He, he blots out our sins with his blood. He blots out our transgressions with his blood. And when he looks at us, that's what he sees. When the Father looks at us, that's what he sees. He doesn't see our sin anymore. So tell me, what do Easter eggs, colored eggs, and rabbits and bunnies have to do with the pain protest, rejection, scourging, mocking, and ultimately killing of Jesus Christ on the cross. Not for doing anything evil, not for doing anything wrong, but for declaring that salvation had come but for telling people to to uh, be about his father's business for telling people how to live righteous um, what it means to be blessed uh, what you know giving our life purpose and meaning reinforcing the law of God but introducing the love and the compassion the fullness of the law. For this, he was murdered. For this, he was killed. And when we say we're believers, I'm not talking to the world here tonight. I'm not talking to those that don't know him. But if you know the sacrifice that he paid, why would you dishonor him by t- teaching your children to celebrate with colored eggs, and bunnies, they don't remember the cross when we do that. 
they don't think about the price that Jesus paid. They might hear that story, but it is nullified by the fun of the egg hunt and the excitement about finding an egg and the, the cuteness of the little bunnies and the cartoon stories. Like I said before, if I love my husband, would I just go out and make love to another man and say that it's, it's because it's fun? Or would I be true to him in every way, in my actions, in my deeds? I kind of just went off there because I just, I feel this so passionately. And I told you that I was going to um, contrast and talk to you a little bit about Easter as well. And I want to do that. But while I'm looking for that, I want to see... Um, Chris, if you have anything you want to add to what I've said, handsome. We got two minutes before the break, but do you want to add anything to what I've said? Well, it just, um, it goes toward the mindset of the deception that the world is in. Um, the enemy is always going to do things um in the manner of to draw you, you know, it's not a, it's not a draw to, to, to put blood over the door and to be still when the angel of death passes by. That's not, you know, that's not exciting. That's something that most people will pass on, you know, and, and, but for something colorful and fun and, and, and happy, you know, that's what the enemy always puts before you. It's like, it's like putting the dessert on the table and leaving the food on, on the stove and say, kids, I know you want dessert, so go ahead and eat the dessert. What you need is on, is on the stove, but what I'm going to put on the table is what you want. But will it sustain you? And I'll leave her right there. <laughs> All right. Back to the book. Has a tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. Millions of people are sexually abused each and every day, not just by rape, child molesters, or pedophiles, but by choice and through lifestyle preferences. Who would enjoy being raped again and again? Why is rape spiritual as well as physical? Can a sex offender be healed from abusing others? Find answers to these and other questions in the pages of Overcoming Sexual Abuse by Minister Diane Jones. Available online at authorhouse.com, this show's host page, amazon.com, and any major bookstore. Overcoming 
sexual abuse. This is the Tokinet Radio Network, broadcasting quality programming to the world. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Be here for Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer, Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central, on toginet.com. Trisha will dig deep into topics that matter most to women, inspiring women to make a change in their own lives and to make a difference in the world, and maybe even deep within their own hearts. Trisha is a wife, mom, speaker, family expert, and author of 24 books. For more information on Trisha and Living Inspired, go to her website, Trisha Goyer, that's G-O-Y-E-R, dot com. Trisha's vision is to be a voice of hope and possibility for teenage girls, pregnant teens, mothers, and wives. Her intention is to serve ordinary women by encouraging extraordinary things with God's help. Trisha expresses real life, real hope for real women. Is there more living to do? Yes. Start Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer, Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on Tugginet.com. Thank God I am free. I am free. Welcome back to I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Tugginet.com. The show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. Okay, back to your host and my my hubby who was in the middle of a very, very good point. Pick it back up, husband. Well, what I was saying before the break is that um, the enemy always puts candy and and colors and sweets and fun stuff in front of you, and really what it is is a distraction mm-hmm. from the truth. And even, you know, when I when I think about all the, the sweets and everything in the real world and in reality, all it does is you keep eating that stuff. All it does is gives you diabetes and blood sugar problems and, and leads you to poor health. That's, that's in the physical. Okay. But, um, I see it even as more than that. I see it as poison because, the enemy wants you to to take something that looks good and it's distracting you and pulling you away from the Lord. So it it what it is is it's leading you to death. If if the Lord is life, then he's leading you away from the Lord and he's poisoning you with sweets and fun stuff as if we're like little kids and literally we are like little kids. If the only time we grow up is when we start learning about the Lord. So as we learn about the Lord, we become sober and we grow up and we don't want the candy and the sweets. And then we grow into the maturity of understanding what resurrection was about. And it had, like you say, it has nothing to do with, with little fuzzy rabbits and eggs and candy and all of that. It has nothing to do with that. It's the Passover 
season is about Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. So um, when you said the, um, that, that the people are too low, the people do not want to grow up and mature. They want to run back to the candy, mm-hmm. to the Easter bunny, to the basket. Mm-hmm. And that's a recipe for, um, for, for them to be lost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a recipe. It's just like it's just like when you walk into the grocery store and you get to the cash register. It's all at eye level for the kids. All the candy, all the sodas, all of the the bubble gum. Everything is right there at the cash register. Mm-hmm. And the stuff you really need, the milk, is in the back of the store, mm-hmm. all the way back against the wall. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And you got to go through all of this stuff through the cookie aisles and, and all of this stuff to get to what you really came for, what's really on your list. The sweets and stuff are supposed to be the miscellaneous stuff at the bottom of your list after you got the important stuff. But the enemy is always going to put the miscellaneous stuff in the front so you, to distract you away from the important stuff so he can get you eating wrong, teeth going bad, getting diabetes, getting fat, no energy, and now you don't have any energy, you can't worship God. Mm-hmm. But I'm not taking over. <laughs> so I'm giving my four cents. <laughs> Back to you. you know? Well, I'm, I'm appreciating your four cents because it's the way you put it is just, and that's what the enemy does with everything of concerning God. He takes everything that God instituted from marriage to things like this, to um, music, to you name it. And he taints it. And love, love, um, sex, uh, he, he taints it. Christmas, you know, if he can, if he can get people into putting up trees and and worrying about how many gifts they're going to get and making it commercial, then they're not thinking about the birth of Christ and what it meant. If he can get people thinking about dressing up for Easter and coming out to celebrate Ashtoreth or Isis, and they don't even know that that's what they're doing, once a year having the you know, putting on their Sunday best and um, mimicking a celebration of the God of fertility, looking for eggs and bunny. They're not thinking about the gruesome price that Christ paid for them to be set free from sin. One of the celebrations that the Jews do is a spring cleaning as part part of leading up to the Passover. And let me pause and say that Jesus himself celebrated the Passover on the night that he was betrayed. That's what he was doing, was celebrating the Passover, okay? And he knew that it was commemorating what he was about to do. But one of the things that they do is a spring cleaning. And they do that because they are acting out the process of eliminating leaven from their household. 
Okay, because the bread that the Lord told them that night to serve was unleavened. So it meant that it couldn't have any yeast in it. Yeast was leaven. It was the agent that would cause the bread to rise. Well, it was symbolic of sin. It was symbolic of having sin in their lives. Okay, and so they go through and do a spring cleaning. A lot of people don't even realize that that's where the... um, the um, habit of, of general like spring cleaning came from in this country. I believe that it actually came from that principle where uh, lots of women grew up, at least in my, my time, doing a spring cleaning. That's when you go through the house and you just clean out old stuff and you throw away stuff and you, you know, give stuff away and you, you know, just do your windows and baseboards and you, my goodness, you do a real cleaning. Well, they used to clean the leaven out of their house because it was symbolic of sin. And this is the stuff that people don't want to talk about during Passover and resurrection day, because they're not thinking about living a clean life. There's no emphasis on Jesus came to deliver us not only from death, but the death was because of sin, because sin separated us from God. It separated mankind from God. It separated the Israelites from God at different periods of history. And Jesus became that propitiation. He became that um, mediation to restore a relationship between God and man. But we can't continue to live in sin. When we accept Christ, we're denouncing sin. We're saying we don't want to live uh, to ourselves anymore. We don't want to feed the fleshly desires anymore. We want to live holy. We want to live a righteous life. And that is the thing that is lacking in God's people today. They don't seem to have any desire to live holy. They don't want to live holy. They want to be Christians. They want to be named Christians, but they don't want to be set apart. They don't want to uh, overcome sin. They don't want to let go of worldly thinking, worldly pleasures, worldly observances. I don't want anything to do with with any observance that, that minimizes what my Lord did for me on the cross. If 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 you if my husband, you know, if he protected me because somebody was breaking in the house and was trying to, you know, attack me and and mangle me and stuff. And he jumped in and he fought him off and he, you know, took some bruises and some cuts for me and he's in the hospital recovering. You think I'm going to go out and lay with another man and say, I just needed some loving. It was just fun. That's basically what people are doing. Lord, you paid this price that I might have eternal life, that I might live 
for you that I might be free from the bondage of sin, but I would rather serve idol gods. I would rather serve my flesh. I would rather, we could celebrate, we could have a good time celebrating Passover. These were feasts. These were feasts, and I'm not saying your salvation is tied up in celebrating Passover, but I'm saying why wouldn't you want to replace worldly options for, for biblical ones that commemorate the work that Christ did on the cross, that commemorate how God delivered the Israelites, and he is still delivering people today through the blood of his Jesus, his, his son, Jesus Christ. It's, it, it depicts where your heart is. The Bible says, wherever your treasure is, there also will your heart be. So if your treasure is still in worldly things, then your heart doesn't belong to God. He said, for us to be carnally minded is death. This is why so many believers are so weak. This is why they have no power. They have no power over sin. They cannot endure anything. They cannot help anybody else get free. They cannot be used to bring forth healing and miracles in people's lives. That's something to think about, and I wanted to share it with you. Year, let's be better if the Lord delays his coming. All right. 